0: Quite frankly, it's a tragedy. There are people who are dying, and who will die, who didn't have to. So please, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, do it now. Do it now. It could save your life, and it could save the lives of those you love. I can't believe we still have to say this. But he's right.
1: Scared in kiss i fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Hey there. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFC, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internet's on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week on those fine affiliates and many others. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from Bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, so there is now a new hill, apparently, to die on for the nation's science deniers, mostly from the right. You'll be shocked to learn, Desi Doyen, that <laughs> most of these science deniers are from the right. Most of them, yeah. but not all of them. Uh, but the the new front in the war for freedom... <sighs> is a war to ensure that children are more exposed to illness and possible death because freedom, freedom to kill your kids and mine. The uh, latest battle, as we have discussed in in recent days, is being led by the uh, generals disguised as governors, southern generals, I should add, disguised as governors in Florida, Texas, now Arizona, Tennessee, where authoritarian edicts against small government and local district control to institute mask mandates for kids and teachers as the new school year begins, amid a spike in children becoming infected and hospitalized and even dying from COVID. Yes, these authoritarian edicts are against mask mandates for those people. GOP controlled states are taking a carrot and stick approach in the face of school districts and local authorities defying Republican governors ban on mask mandates over with the stick is uh, Florida Board of Education, uh, Florida Board of Education this week. Uh, is calling to investigate two counties that have implemented mask mandates despite Governor Ron DeSantis' ban on them.
2: How dare they?
1: They're going to be investigated for this. Tom Grady, the chair of the State Board of Education, hinted that funding for school districts in those counties may be withheld. Not just for the district officials who decided to, uh, you know, keep children safe, But withholding funding for the entire school district, they're going to uh, consider, apparently, to demand that children are not required to mask up to stay safe. How far down the rabbit hole and off the rails of reality are we now at this point? That, even though earlier this week DeSantis's office softened its stance on pulling funds from schools, suggesting that officials implementing the mask mandates should opt to uh, dock their own salaries instead or something. As noted yesterday at the White House, Joe Biden says the federal government can cover those costs if governor-generals, like DeSantis and Abbott and Doug Ducey in Arizona, actually follow through with their threats to punish adults for keeping children
0: safe. Unfortunately, as we've seen throughout this pandemic, some politicians are trying to turn public safety measures, that is children wearing masks in school, into political disputes for their own political gain. Some are even trying to take power away from local educators by banning masks in school i've said before this isn't about politics it's about keeping our children safe i've made it clear that i'll stand with those who are trying to do the right thing we're not going to sit by as governors try to block and intimidate educators protecting our children for example if a governor wants to cut the pay of a hard-working education leader who requires masks in a classroom The money from the American Rescue Plan can be used to pay that person's salary 100 percent. You
1: know, I am old enough to remember when Republicans used to pretend that their highest duty as constitutionally sworn officers was to keep their constituents safe. Now, of course, that was never actually true. Their highest duty is actually to defend the Constitution. That is what they're sworn to do. But um, both of those things, including you know the constitutional duty to protect the general welfare, uh, apparently those have all now become just far too inconvenient for this crowd with the... Uh, You know, the fake culture wars that they need to run is the only way, apparently, that Republicans believe they are able to actually win elections in this country, at least without stealing them, as our last president attempted to do. He's such a failure, however, he couldn't even pull that off. But not for lack of trying. And all of these child-killing governors hope to win another crack at being able to do exactly that themselves in upcoming presidential elections, no doubt. Meanwhile, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey, he's offering a carrot to schools that have not yet issued a mask mandate by announcing that he'll grant them uh, part of one hundred and sixty three million dollars in funding from the federal COVID-19 relief package that Congress passed earlier this year. If they play along with his no mask mandate mandate.
2: Well, I guess we're going to find out how much kids lives are actually worth now.
1: He, uh, Deucey, said that he will uh, uh, you know, pay them an extra bonus, these school districts, if they do agree to put children at risk. That's the kind of proactive go-get-em attitude, Desi Doyen, that made America great. (laughs) You can and will do anything, no matter how deadly, so long as I reward you handsomely for doing it. With, by the way, someone else's money. There's the American spirit for you right there. Uh, you know, and and by the way, shouldn't Ducey be refusing to use that dirty money at all since? Because remember, all Republicans in Congress, including the entire Republican Congressional Caucus from Arizona, they all voted against that money for the uh, from the American Rescue Plan. But now he wants to use it to pay off people to not keep children safe. All of this. The uh, crux of the latest culture war that we're seeing play out in courts and in school board meetings across the country in at least eight states across the U.S. Earlier this week, uh, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee also a Republican, issued a ban on school mask mandates joining Florida, Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Iowa, and Utah as the states that have all prohibited school districts from requiring students and school staff to wear masks. Thankfully, uh, a number of the uh, of, of major school districts in uh, at least some of those states are refusing to play this game. Minutes before the Hillsborough County, Florida, School Board voted to implement a new 30-day mask mandate for students and staff after an emergency meeting that lasted more than four hours there yesterday. The Miami-Dade County School Board voted 7-1 to approve a face mask mandate that will be in place when the new school year begins next week, according to the Tampa Bay Times. So now that, well, at least as of last night, there were four school districts in Florida defying DeSantis' ban, uh, two of them newly doing so on Wednesday, uh, Broward County, uh, Alachua County, Miami-Dade County, Hillsborough County, all defying the governor on behalf of children. In Arizona, the Scottsdale Unified School Board joined a handful of Arizona districts to buck Governor Ducey's school ma- mask mandate ban after a more than three-hour-long meeting two nights ago. The board voted 4-1 to one to implement a mask mandate for its 28 school campuses and district facilities, according to local NBC affiliate 12 News. Prior to the virtual meeting, about 100 anti-mandate parents reportedly held a protest outside Nonetheless, that mandate will go into effect on Friday. So these ridiculous battles carried out by ridiculous people protesting at school boards, school board meetings to demand, demand that their kids be as vulnerable as absolutely possible to disease. These battles are now happening all over the country. But in one important sense, it is working because in choosing to die on this particular hill, the MAGA mob is actually forestalling the debate that we all should be having, at least an arguably much more legitimate debate, and that is whether there should be mandatory vaccinations for all eligible school teacher uh, teachers, staff and children. That's the actual debate we ought to be having, but we are not having that debate Not whether, you know, masks should be mandated. Of course they should. At this point, that should be a no-brainer, even if no-brainers, you know, might be an apt description for what's, you know, those who are arguing against mask mandates at this point. But given that there is no vaccine available to children younger than 12 who are left entirely vulnerable and exposed to disease while attending school without masks, that part is a no-brainer, but it is keeping us from talking about mandatory vaccines. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the clever point that uh, I suspect most of them don't even realize they are accomplishing. And uh, But we don't even get to have that debate, by and large. It is, however, an abomination. An abomination to see these people, the same people who used to at least pretend... Desi Doyen, you're old enough to remember this, to pretend... That they were family values warriors. Remember that?
2: Well, you know, obviously that they didn't actually believe any of that. It was only the latest culture war BS that Republicans throw out like chum because they've got to keep the base enraged in order to get them out to vote.
1: Because they've been. It's the latest thing. You know, at at that time, it was the latest thing that they were brainwashed into pretending to care about. We have seen this over and over again for the past, I don't know how many decades at this point, Uh, you know, Republicans win elections by rage, by enraging their electorate and yes, by Democrats screwing up and falling for the rage coming from the right. But now these very same people, you know, who who used to be the very same people who pretended to be family values warriors, they're actually arguing against scientifically sound mandates that value families by helping them to stay alive in the face of a deadly pandemic. That seems like a top family value, keeping them alive in the face of a deadly pandemic that's destroying hundreds of thousands of families across the country. And at this point, completely unnecessarily, since we have free, safe, effective vaccines that could prevent pretty much everybody from actually dying from this scourge at this point if they just took the shots. And to that end, we have a a couple of not particularly happy updates uh, to a few stories that we have reported on here in recent weeks. Back at the very start of August, we reported on a young Texas couple from Lamarck, Lamarck, Texas, who did not trust the COVID-19 vaccine, but they changed their mind when they both ended up in the ICU back in July. By that point, as we reported at the time, it was too late for vaccination, but they were by then reportedly begging relatives to make sure that their children got the shots. Uh, You may remember the story. Lydia Rodriguez and her husband Lawrence had both been admitted to the hospital nearly three weeks before we had reported on the story at the beginning of August. Lydia's cousin, Dottie Jones, said that relatives had been told that they were uh, both, quote, very, 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 very sick, and if they do survive, it's going to be a long, long road, unquote. Neither, of course, um, Lydia or Lawrence had been vaccinated, she said, uh, because, quote, they didn't believe in vaccines. And you try to talk to them, she said, and, well, Lydia just didn't like that, didn't trust it, I guess. Once she was in the ICU, Lydia changed her mind about the vaccine and asked to get it. But doctors told her it was too late before she got intubated. One of the last things she told her sister was, quote, please make sure my children get vaccinated, according to Jones. Uh, the children had also tested positive for the virus. Jones said at the time that she was, quote, just tired of the anti-vax rhetoric that is causing so many, like my cousin and her family, to not get vaccinated. As Lydia and Lawrence uh, remained in the ICU on ventilators at the time, Jones and other family members were helping with the uh, Rodriguez's four children setting up a GoFundMe site to help uh, cover medical costs and bills because it's Texas, so best of luck to you when you get sick down there because you know again freedom well that was uh, that was the beginning of august washington post has an update on uh, as of uh, wednesday morning a little over two weeks ago lawrence rodriguez 49 years old died after coronavirus complications the couple fought the virus from hospital beds just a few feet from one another in texas in the intensive care unit Lydia and Lawrence, who were married for 21 years, were among the tens of millions of Americans who have not yet received at least one dose of the coronavirus, which is available free to anyone over age 12. Washington Post notes the uh, case of the Rodriguez family echoes that of other vaccinated patients who have begged their doctors for vaccine doses before being intubated. Dottie Jones, again, the cousin 55 years old, said uh, Lydia has never really believed in vaccines. She believed that she could handle everything on her own that you didn't really need medicine. But as a neonatal nurse, Jones was familiar with the serious effects the COVID-19 had on mothers and babies that she had treated at the Sugarland Texas hospital where she worked. She shared with her cousin how she had watched patient after patient being connected to a ventilator for weeks without much improvement. I knew she would never get vaccinated, Jones told the Post. I was very concerned. In early July, days after Lydia and the, uh, the children returned from a Christian church camp, I'm sure they preached family values there, didn't they? Jones's worst fears uh, became true one by one. Each member of the family, including Lydia's husband, who did not attend the camp because of work, they all tested positive for the coronavirus. So that means that Lawrence likely got it from either Lydia or from his own children. The family didn't tell anyone that they were sick until Lawrence drove Lydia to the hospital on July 12. After she began experiencing shortness of breath, she was admitted to the ICU. Her husband was admitted to another ward. By then, the rest of the family stepped in to bring groceries and medicine to the couple's four kids, who all were infected and quarantining at home. The youngest child was the only one to experience mild symptoms, said Jones. The rest were completely asymptomatic. So let's send them to school without masks. At one point, Lawrence Rodriguez's condition appeared to be improving, but then a couple of days after that, he was admitted. He was rushed to the ICU. He requested a coronavirus vaccine as well shortly before being put on the ventilator, Jones said, but it was also for him too late. He died on August 2. By then, 42-year-old Lydia was fully dependent on an oxygen mask that prevented her from talking to her children who called to check in and to sing Christian hymns to lift her spirits. Jones recounted uh, uh, telling her cousin, we are praying for you and taking care of the kids. Hospital staff called the family this Monday to report that Lydia had died. The family has relayed her last wishes about the vaccine to the couple's 18-year-old twins. According to Jones, the plan is to schedule an appointment for the 11-year-old daughter as soon as she qualifies. The couple's 16-year-old son is expected to get the shot soon. Wednesday uh, was expected to be a difficult day for the four siblings. According to Jones, Lydia, their mom, would have turned 43. So I told you it was an unhappy update. Anyone listening to this show who has yet to get their own shots? Uh, anyone, you know, listening to the show and and, and and hearing any of these stories? Has it, has it changed anyone's minds about that? I know we do have a lot of listeners who uh, we opened the phones, uh, I don't know, about a month or so ago to listeners to explain why they were not getting the shots. So, yeah, I know we have a lot of those listeners. Has it changed anyone's minds out there? Has anyone listening heard these stories and shared them with others who, for whatever reason, were choosing not to get vaccinated, you know, to all but prevent this sort of thing from happening to them or their family or their neighbors or their co-workers? I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Feel free, if you like, to drop me some email uh, via bradcast at bradblog.com if any of these stories have helped in any way out there. I would love to hear from you, because I don't know if it does, but I feel I have a duty to do it anyway. And it's easy to be angry at these people who refuse life-saving vaccines, even though the fact is that most of them are wildly, wildly disinformed and misinformed by people who almost certainly know better by Influencers out there in the media and elected officials out there in the media who almost certainly know better. Ambitious people like Governors Ron DeSantis in Florida and Greg Abbott in Texas and Doug Ducey in Arizona. And, of course, those uh, Republicans currently trying to unseat California's not irresponsible Governor Gavin Newsom via a recall election because they know they cannot win a real election against him. And so they're trying to unseat him in a recall and claiming that it is because he is taking measures to keep Californians alive through mask and, yes, vaccine mandates that he, for those reasons, should actually be removed from office. So those Republicans are actually helping to disinform and, yes, kill, Lord knows how many people in the bargain in order to try to get their man into office as governor of California. So I reserve my wrath for those people, those people who know better, you know, who who know better, who know that they should, you know, help instead of kill their fellow Americans. Like those who are given what I regard as a sacred responsibility to broadcast over the public airwaves on radio stations that are granted the right to do so for free in exchange for just a simple agreement with the FCC to serve in the public's interest. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. But there's a hell of a lot of people out here on the airwaves who are not doing that, who are doing the opposite of that, because I'm not sure if spreading knowingly false information over our public airwaves can be considered serving in the public's interest. Now, last week, we offered an update on the show on a number of uh, right wing talk radio hosts who had either been hospitalized or died after spending weeks and months misinforming their audiences about covid and about vaccines. Dick Farrell, a Florida Right wing radio host who mocked covid and, quote, vehemently criticized the coronavirus vaccine. According to The Washington Post, he was announced to have died due to covid at the beginning of August. Uh, The uh, 65 year old Farrell died of, uh, quote, severe damage caused by covid-19, according to his fiance and his life partner, Kitty. He was 65 years old. He had been scathing in his criticism of the vaccine, as well as America's top infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci, calling him, quote, a power tripping lying freak. In a Facebook post just last month, Dick Farrell is now dead. Phil Valentine, whose condition we discussed actually a few weeks earlier, the uh, Nashville, Tennessee right wing talker where uh, that state's governor has now barred mask mandates. Phil Valentine, uh, who claimed he wouldn't die of COVID, but uh, has since said that he wishes he had gotten the vaccine. After all, well, he's been hospitalized since mid-July. So over a month at this point and uh, reportedly uh, still is there weeks and weeks later. And his condition remains grave, according to his family. Now, about a month or longer after uh, he was initially admitted. Uh, Valentine was known for his COVID-19 vaccine skepticism. He wrote on his blog last December, quote, what are my odds of getting COVID? They're pretty low. What are my odds of dying from COVID if I do get it? Probably less than 1%, he said. Well, as of today, I believe the odds uh, are still in his favor, but they are getting longer by the day, every day that he remains in critical condition in the hospital. And Mark Bernier, a longtime right-wing Radio talk show host also from Florida, from Daytona Beach, he repeatedly expressed his anti-vax views on the air. He was admitted to the hospital uh, last week with uh, with COVID without comment on his condition. He remains hospitalized, according to the latest reports that I've been able to find. His station's uh, operations director, Mark McKinney, said last week that the host had made his anti-vaccination opinions very well known on the air. Well, this week, we can add another right-wing radio talker to the growing list, unfortunately. The Daily Beast reports this week a religious radio broadcaster who spread disinformation about the coronavirus vaccines, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung Sr., uh, had been admitted to the hospital on August 7 with COVID-19 complications, according to his wife Judy, who also contracted the virus. In February, DeYoung published an interview promoting the conspiracy theories that the Pfizer vaccine would make women sterile, and that world governments were using the virus and the vaccine to centralize power. DeYoung's guest at the time on that program, somebody named Sam Rohrer, said that very few people who were infected actually lost their lives, called the vaccines only, quote, uh, calling the vaccine only a quote purported solution and quote, not truly a vaccine. Really? Both host and guest uh, at the time encouraged listeners to read conspiracy minded materials on the coronavirus vaccine. Do your own research with the young asking, quote, could this vaccine be another form of government control of the people? Well, could it an insidious diabolical scheme, right? A diabolical scheme to control the people by keeping them alive? Could that be it? Just asking questions. Before focusing on Christian prophecy, DeYoung worked as a journalist in Israel. Okay. His website declares Jimmy Young is a prophecy teacher and journalist who travels the country and the world educating the body of Christ of the future events foretold in in God's prophetic word. Well, I guess there was one future event that he did not notice as being foretold in God's prophetic word. The same God one would think whose body of Christ helped to create the miracle COVID vaccines in the first place. DeYoung's daughter, Jody, wrote on Facebook this past Sunday, quote, God has called a faithful servant home. Dr. Jimmy DeYoung passed away early this morning at Memorial Hospital in Chattanooga. His show, Prophecy Today, had aired daily over public airwaves, public airwaves. Once again, as President Biden said at the White House on
0: Wednesday. Quite frankly, it's a tragedy. There are people who are dying, and who will die, who didn't have to. So please, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, do it now. Do it now. It could save your life, and it could save the lives of those you love. Yep, it could.
1: And I know it's not nearly as cool as pointing out how Joe Biden is wrong about something. Terrible. Well, sorry, I don't play that cool kid's contrarian game for Contrarianism's sake. When he's right, he's right. And here, he is absolutely right. More broadcast right after this over your public airwaves. I'm Brad Friedman.
2: Ooga shaka uga 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 shaka uga uga shaka uga
1: shaka uga uga <laughs> Welcome back to the broadcast Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Yes, I realize that is quite a shock, quite a turn <laughs> from our previous segment, but I kind of needed to break the spell a little bit. I hope you yep. understand. Please forgive me because I want to talk about, well, no, I don't think it's re- sort of related, but uh, it was it's just such a dark segment that I, I need to snap out of it a little bit. And uh, to start with this question, hey, AP, Associated Press, are you guys okay? You know, I, I often lean on AP's coverage on this show because they tend to be, uh, you know, sort of, as we describe them, sort of just the facts, ma'am, reporting on, on you know, particularly on breaking news. So I tend to lean on them to find out what is actually going on and, and then dig deeper from there. But I've been having some problems lately with them. As you might have noticed on this show, I've had a sort of punch AP in the face a few times. And again, a problem today after this hours long bomb threat standoff in the nation's capital on Thursday. Which, uh, thankfully, is all diffused now, but as AP reported about an hour or so before we went to air, quote, a man who claimed to have a bomb in a pickup truck near the Capitol surrendered to law enforcement officials after an hours-long standoff Thursday that prompted a massive police response and the evacuation of government buildings and businesses in the area. And that, by the way, uh, reportedly included part of the U.S. Capitol complex, the Supreme Court, the Library of Congress, in front of which the man had had parked with his truck. Police did not immediately know whether there were explosives in the vehicle, AP reported, but uh, authorities were searching the truck. In an effort to understand what led the man, identified by law enforcement officials as 49-year-old Floyd Ray Roseberry of North Carolina, to drive onto the sidewalk outside the Library of Congress and make bomb threats to officers, the standoff was resolved peacefully after roughly five hours of negotiations ending when the man crawled out of the truck and was taken into law enforcement custody. But the incident, says AP, brought the area surrounding the Capitol to a virtual standstill as police emptied buildings and cordoned off streets as a precaution. The episode unfolded, they say, during a tense period in Washington, coming eight months after the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, and one month before a planned rally in Washington that law enforcement officials have been preparing for. I'm not sure what that rally is, actually, uh, but it doesn't sound good if law enforcement are preparing for it. I don't know. Do you have any idea, Desi Doyne?
2: No, I don't, but that's that's the, uh, these are the days we live in.
1: Yes. Uh, the incident, uh, AP notes, uh, began about 9.15 a.m. when a truck with no license plate drove up onto the sidewalk outside the library. The driver told the responding officer that he had a bomb and was holding what the officer believed to be a detonator. Police negotiators spent hours communicating with the man, a white guy, by the way, in case you're wondering. uh, While police continued negotiations, video surfaced of the man on Facebook Live inside the truck, which was... Stuffed with coins and boxes, he was threatening explosions, making anti-government threats and talking about what he believes are the ills of the country, including the U.S. position on Afghanistan, health care and the military. According to AP, they went on to say he said Democrats need to step down, then also said he loved the president, Democrat Joe Biden. Really? Really? Did he say that? AP. They note that uh, Facebook removed the videos a few hours after they were apparently uh, uh, filmed. The man did not appear to have a specific demand for law enforcement other than to speak with with Joe Biden. So, but did he really say that he loved Joe Biden? The videos are down now, and and uh, maybe he said that, I don't know, but given that, that news outlets around the world work from AP's reporting, that seems a very strange detail to put into this particular coverage, at least according to... Other outlets who I have seen reporting on these very same, uh, uh, the same guy's Facebook videos.
2: Yeah, people who are actually monitoring the videos in real time before they were taken down.
1: They offer a very different take on what was in those videos. CNN, for example, reports in the videos, Roseberry uh, repeatedly refers to President Biden, calls for him to step down, and urges, quote, Joe to come talk to him. In the long ramblings, the man also expresses frustrations about the situation in Afghanistan on his Facebook page. CNN reports the man frequently made pro-Trump posts and posted videos from former President Donald Trump's million MAGA march back on November 14. In the videos posted today, CNN says he calls himself a quote Patriot. He says he doesn't care if Trump ever becomes president again, but also that he thinks, quote, all Democrats need to step down. Well, that sounds different than uh, saying that he loves President Joe Biden. TPM's Kate Riga was uh, also reporting as she was reviewing these uh, videos from the man on Facebook. She says in a live stream that the man seems to have filmed from his truck before the police arrived. Uh, He said, quote, the revolution is here, people. He frequently repeats that it would be Biden who is responsible, not him, if there is an explosion after police shoot his truck. He calls for the American flags to be flown at half mast. And at one point he calls for Democrats to resign. Quote, I think y'all Democrats need to step down. People don't want you here. Uh, He tells, quote, Nancy and, quote, Biden, that they better go home, quote, unless you like to hear people scream. He says that people will gather in Patriot Park in North Carolina to start the journey north with him. Like in his other videos, he rambles and goes on, says Riga, goes off on tangents, often that he's a good person and a citizen and that the American people have had enough. The man in the truck, she says, airs a panoply, panoply? Panoply. There we go. A panoply of hard to follow MAGA world complaints, she says. At one point, he expresses the belief that uh, this expletive, Biden, will be removed from office. Democrats will be jailed. Trump will be reinstated. He referred to Trump's pardon power as uh, seemingly the key to this plan. He says that, quote, Nancy is controlling Antifa. He also makes bleak references to the U.N. saying the U.S. uh, military will not protect Democrats. And he seems to allude to Hunter Biden by mentioning the wealth of Biden's son. Quote, I'm not wearing a bleeping mask, he says at one point. Again, AP does not sound like a man who loves President Joe Biden. Josh Marshall, also at TPM, posts one of the videos in question and he notes that the guy refers to himself and those like him as the, quote, last generation, unquote, willing to stand up for America. He then says that Trump will be reinstated as president once Joe Biden is driven from office and Democrats are imprisoned. He says Trump will then pardon everyone and he hopes for a pardon himself in his videos, uh, says Josh, he um References uh, Joe uh, blames Joe Biden for giving the U.S. military weaponry to the Taliban. Actually, part of Trump's deal, but anyway, uh, his core uh, grievance, as Marshall, uh, seemed to be focused on the illegitimacy of Joe Biden and his need to resign from office as the day grew nearer, the day of. Today, I guess he would uh, speak to Joe Biden, essentially saying that if anyone were killed in Washington, it would be the president's fault since he would not fire the first shot. The videos are strewn with what we might call the ideational detritus of Trumpism. Trump's reinstatement as president, the imprisonment of Democratic leaders, refusals to mask, claims that Hunter Biden was wealthy enough that Biden could afford to retire peacefully, etc. So did he really say that he loved Joe Biden, AP? Uh, Maybe he did. I've not yet uh, seen other firsthand accounts of that. But even if he did, is that really at the center of his complaints here, at the center of this story, which had D.C. pretty much shut down and had, uh, you know, wall to wall coverage across the media all day? Are you characterizing this man in, in, in reporting uh, that is going to be picked up and republished in newspapers all over the country, on radio and TV all over the country? Are you re- characterizing this man accurately? Are you okay, AP? Now, happily, they updated that story just before airtime, as they frequently update their stories as the news changes. And that part about loving President Joe Biden, that sentence that led uh, their paragraph explaining what is, was on his Facebook page, that's no longer there at least in their uh, latest updated report that I saw. The sentence is removed and the rest of the paragraph remains mentioning uh, that he uh, attended thousands of uh, uh, he attended the rally on November 14, the MAGA March, whatever that was, uh, with uh, thousands of Trump supporters when they claimed that the election was stolen. One video appears to be filmed by uh, the man as he's marching with a crowd of hundreds of people carrying American flags and Trump flags and shouting, stop the steal. But as Joe Biden might say, AP, come on, man. (laughs) just a helpful reminder. You know, always be skeptical, even of news sources that you have come to trust. Always be skeptical. Yes, even if that news source is me, Be skeptical. That's how this works. All of us in this position need to have our feet held to the fire to make sure that we get it right. Else we end up in a world of crazy people who are so wildly disinformed that they refuse to take life saving vaccines and threaten to blow up the nation's capital. And speaking of brained, poisoned right wingers, a bit of an update uh, very quickly on the story that we've been reporting on regarding the right wing, Trump loving, stop the steal conspiracy theorist. And as it turns out, elected Mesa County, Colorado, county clerk, Tina Peters, the county's chief executive, uh, chief elections official who, as we have been reporting, snuck into a secure room at the elections division in the middle of the, uh, of the night last May with a couple of accomplices, turned off the security cameras and then copied two hard drives containing Dominion Voting System's entire election management system software to then later be released into the Internet wilds Last week, during uh, Pillow Guy Mike Lindell's pretend cyber symposium at which he had vowed to reveal, but actually never did, the quote absolute proof that China stole the election from Donald Trump by somehow hacking the election. Well, as we have been reporting in detail and discussed on our previous broadcast with UC Berkeley voting system expert Philip Stark, As this serious security breach could affect the ongoing GOP sponsored gubernatorial recall election that is going on right now out here in California, right here, right now in the state where some uh, 60% of the counties use that very software that was stolen and released into the wild, that software that is usually protected. Well, now Reuters is reporting that the FBI now says that uh, it has opened an investigation into the suspected security breach of voting equipment in the western Colorado County, which Colorado's Secretary of State has said was allowed by the local elected county clerk. The federal inquiry into Mesa County's voting system comes amid an ongoing investigation by state election authorities of how election equipment passwords ended up posted on a right-wing Internet blog, as well as a criminal probe of the matter by the local district attorney, who happens to be a Republican as well, by the way. A lot of folks had been covering these passwords. Those passwords can be changed. What can't be changed is the election management system software, the entire The brains of the entire system uh, that has now been released into the wild that can't be unreleased at this point. Well, uh, now the FBI is getting in. FBI uh, is uh, working with local prosecutors, quote, on the forensic review and analysis of county voting systems to determine if there was a potential federal criminal violation, according to an FBI spokesperson in a statement. Last week, uh, Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold decertified the county's election machines, 41 devices in all, saying that the security has now been compromised and she has ordered the system replaced. Griswold accused the Mesa County clerk and recorder Tina Peters, a Republican and supporter of former President Trump, of assisting in a breach of the system months after the November 2020 election. On Monday, Griswold A Democrat said that images from two of the county's election servers were leaked online by, quote, election conspiracy theorists. So finally, the national media is beginning to notice that, yes, these hard drives were released as well into the wild. They have yet to sort of connect the dots about what it might mean in regard to elections like the ongoing election here, where we use Dominion systems all over the state. They, uh, Reuters goes on to note that on Tuesday, Griswold appointed the county treasurer to oversee Mesa County's upcoming elections in Peters Place, citing authority that Griswold says she has to do so under the uh, Colorado Election Code. Peters did not immediately respond to multiple requests for comment from Reuters. And it was unclear whether she would uh, challenge Griswold's actions in court. How much do you want to bet she does not challenge those actions in court just saying of course when news of griswold's investigation broke last week peters was attending a the uh, conference in south dakota hosted by mike lindell the my pillow guy prominent trump trump confidant peters told the crowd there that she was quote persecuted and said that griswold quote weaponized her position to attack people who disagree with her Because Griswold, she said, was a Democrat and Peters was a so-called conservative Republican. Well, now the conservative Republican Mesa County District Attorney Dan Rubenstein, he has uh, told Reuters that his office has executed search warrants at the clerk's office as part of a criminal probe. And now the FBI is in on the game as the software in question was furnished by Dominion Voting Systems, which has sued Trump allies and conservative They're not conservative writers, but you are conservative television networks over baseless claims that the company's products were used to rig the election against Trump. Now, Desi Duhann, you told me, as I was uh, mentioning when I was going to talk about this, that that apparently Tina Peters, where is she?
2: (laughs) She's in a safe house provided by Mike Lindell. A safe house? Yes. So uh, Vice News is reporting today that unfortunately for the FBI, the official at the center of the probe, Tina Peters, is holed up in a safe house provided by pillow salesman and conspiracy theorist Mike Lindell. Lindell told Vice News he had initially taken Peters to Texas following that cyber. Symposium in South Dakota, but a disgruntled member of Lindell's own security team apparently leaked Peter's location earlier Uh this week, Uh and so she was moved to another secure location because she's really worried about her safety. A safe
1: house. A safe house. She's going to the mattresses, or in this case, I guess, the pillows. (laughs) Jesus Christ are these people drama queens Well
2: it'll be interesting to see if Lindell has any exposure himself for harboring, for harboring somebody a that
1: fugitive is under investigation uh, yeah. maybe I'll see yeah, Lindell's got a few problems of his own, including that $1.3 billion lawsuit by Dominion against him. Uh, by the way, for the record, uh, Secretary of State uh, Griswold's office, uh, who had claimed in a press release, uh, without naming any officials specifically, that the U.S. Uh, uh, cyber uh, Computer Infrastructure and Cybersecurity Infrastructure Agency, known as CISA, Uh, that she claimed that they had said the breach of this software did not significantly uh, heighten the uh, threat to the nation's elections infrastructure. Well, I've reported on several of the nation's top cybersecurity and voting systems experts like uh, Harry Hursty and uh, Philip Stark, et cetera, who strongly disagree with that assessment from CISA. And in fact, they are dubious that it actually came from them, uh, at least the way that it was described in uh, Griswold's office's uh, news release. Uh, Several days ago, I sent a query to Griswold's office seeking information on who the office actually spoke with at CISA and what exactly they said. Griswold's office has yet to respond to my very polite query on that. I will, of course, let you know if they ever do and if I have to be uh, moved to a safe house because of it. (laughs) The Green News Report is next. I'm Brad Friedman and this is The Bradcast. Okay, Desi Doyen, I, we had a, a pretty grim A block. Uh, Lighten things up a little bit in the B block. Uh, you, you're going to keep us in uh, light, uh, frothy you mood You know I here can make no promises
2: your... when it comes to that sort of thing. The green news does not wait for anyone.
1: That's or something. <laughs> As you, uh, you are correct, uh, we'll find out what we get in our latest green news report rescue and recovery efforts have been slowed by tropical storm grace
2: desperation deepens in haiti parts of north carolina will spend weeks cleaning up after fred flash floods slam north carolina Wildfire smoke linked to higher COVID death rates. Plus... Tonight, the Biden administration is reversing a Trump-era policy and will ban a common pesticide from use on for, on farms. EPA finally bans toxic pesticide linked to brain damage in children.
1: All of those stories and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman.
2: And I'm Desi Doyan.
1: Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and... Snarky comment. Chlorporophorus has been used on numerous fruits and vegetables. What has? Chlorporophorus. I think she means chlorpyrifos. But, you know, they don't pay me millions of dollars like they do Nora O'Donnell. This is your Green News Report.
2: Chlorporophorus.
1: Okay, Desi Doyen, no matter how you pronounce it, it's a very good thing that the Biden administration has finally banned it. Unfortunately, we got a lot more to cover today as well.
2: Indeed we do. First off, in western Haiti, desperation is growing among tens of thousands rendered homeless by a devastating 7.2 magnitude earthquake. Because rains and floods from Tropical Storm Grace have seriously slowed delivery of basic aid like food, clean water and shelter as the risk of waterborne diseases rises. Here in the U.S. in North Carolina, as we go to air, dozens are missing after Tropical Depression Fred dumped more than a foot of rain in a single day on Tuesday. The National Hurricane Center has warned the northeastern U.S. of the risk of new flooding from Fred and also potential impacts from Tropical Storm Henri, which could bring even more rain, floods and storm surge in coming days.
1: Fred, then Grace, then Henri One, two, three in a row.
2: Remember, the hurricane rating system only covers wind speeds, not flood risk. And inland flooding is the leading cause of storm-related deaths in the United States. In Europe, the ring of wildfires around the Mediterranean show no signs of slowing down amid persistent heat and drought. A wind-driven wildfire has turned deadly in France. At least one person is confirmed dead after a new wildfire broke out in Saint-Tropez. Fires are now burning in parts of Portugal, Spain, Italy, Albania, Bulgaria, Macedonia, Greece, Turkey, Morocco, Algeria, and Israel.
1: Wow, and... You didn't even mention the United States.
2: Well, speaking of the United Uh. States, in Northern California, the Caldor Fire near Lake Tahoe continues to grow explosively, forcing new evacuations after it tripled in size in just 24 hours on Wednesday. Climate scientists warn that man-made global warming is increasing wildfire frequency and intensity.
1: Now I'm sorry I even mentioned the U.S.
2: You're going to be even sorrier now. A new study concludes that smoke from wildfires contributed to a significant increase in COVID-19 cases and deaths in Oregon, California, and Washington in 2020. Harvard researchers calculated that without the wildfire smoke, there might have been about 20,000 fewer COVID-19 cases and nearly 800 fewer COVID deaths in those states. Wow! That's because wildfire smoke contains extremely high levels of a very dangerous kind of air pollution, particles so tiny they can lodge in the heart and lungs substantially compromising the ability to fight off the virus. That's according to Dr. Pyle Coley of Cram2 News in Washington. More likely to catch COVID if you live in an area with a lot of wildfire activity. It increases the inflammation in the lungs because it reduces the immunity because the lungs are so busy fighting the particulate matters that they're not as good at fighting COVID.
1: Well, that's just fantastic news upon fantastic news for those of us living out west.
2: Some good news in a victory For Alaskan tribes A federal judge this week Threw out Permits for a controversial Oil project On public lands In Alaska's fragile Arctic
1: Good for them
2: The judge ruled That the Trump administration Failed to adequately Analyze the project's Impact on climate change And wildlife As required by law How unlike them Finally Some very good news In another reversal Of a Trump-era policy The Biden Environmental Protection Agency Will ban The common toxic Pesticide chlorpyrifos from use on food crops because it is linked to neurological damage in children. The Trump EPA had overruled federal scientists' warnings and removed barriers to the use of the pesticide, but the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals noted that the science linking chlorpyrifos to neurological damage like autism and learning disabilities is more than a decade old. And the court ruled the EPA must ban chlorpyrifos unless it could prove that it is safe. Or The ban takes effect in six months.
1: Don't think all that very good news made us forget about all that very bad news you started with, Desi Mm -hmm. Doyen. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple, or Google Podcasts. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. And this has been your Green News Report.
2: We've fun all summer
1: long. Oh, yeah. Boy, yep. talk about your endless summers. <laughs> uh, we have been just having all kinds of fun all summer long. By the way... For me to make fun of Nora O'Donnell for not being able to pronounce uh, how she called it, clopo p- k- However fl-flerous. she called it, yes. Yeah. Uh, isn't that fine of me? I can't even pronounce <laughs> panoply.
2: <laughs> I have to write down clor in order to remember yeah, how I, to say I'm it. I'm
1: just thinking, you know, she makes tens of millions of dollars. We're lucky if we get a $10 donation this week via... <laughs> bradblog.com slash donate just saying we gotta get out Uh, thank you uh, to our producer Desi Doyne to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us we hope it wasn't too grim if you missed any portion of today's show download it anytime for free at bradblog.com you can drop me email if you like I am bradcast at bradblog.com And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. I will see you there until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.